But uh, today I'm, I have something to share really from my heart. And I, I don't want just to share a message. I like to pray for you. Because many times in life we can get into situations that we're a bit lost. Uh, did it ever happen to you? You're a bit lost. You don't know what to do. Uh, it, it, uh, there's tough situations in life. Uh, and we all need guidance. We all need direction. So uh, a church exists to provide uh, help to Christians so we can find that guidance. Uh, that's why uh, church leaders are called pastors. It's not because we take care of uh, animals, of sheep, or it's not that. But it's an illustration of that sense of guidance. So um, what's truly important is to have the Holy Spirit guiding our life. Uh, but, but there's people around us, and uh, if we surround us with people of faith and people of vision, uh, we'll have more chances of being successful with what we do uh, in, in our lives. I'd like to start with this scripture from the book of Psalms, uh, Psalm 24, verse 5. Sorry, I need to stay on the side because of the, the projector. It's blinding me. Um, it's, it says on Psalm 24, verses 4 and 5, that's the verse for today. Show me the right way or the right path, O Lord. Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me. For you are God who saves me. And all day long I put my hope in you. So I, I know this, this is a song. So Psalms are lyrics of uh, worship songs, and they were inspired by the Holy Spirit uh, to be sang as a personal prayer. So when I read the book of Psalms, uh, I can just do uh, those prayers as if they were mine. Uh, and and that, that's a way of reading the book of Psalms. It's not just reading for the sake of knowledge of, or poetry or, or the words. But there is deep spiritual truth. And here we see this psalm, that's a psalm of guidance. It's a request to God so God can lead us on a journey, the right path. Lead me to the right path. You know, in life we can get to crossroads where we can go in different directions. The younger we are, the more options we have. And then with time, we, we start sometimes feeling that we're running out of options. Because, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm too old to be an astronaut now. You know, I'm, uh, I may be uh, too old to start uh, studying medicine. Maybe not. I, I've seen people studying medicine with uh, uh, 60, 70-year-olds doing, <laughs> doing the course. But uh, th there's things we can do. But the older we are, the less options we have. But the younger we are, the more crossroads we cross. We have to cross. And, and then uh, after we make a wrong turn or we take a wrong road, uh, we, we tend to be afraid of doing the same mistake. And, and, and so guidance from God, it's one of the most important things we have as Christians. But as David uh, did this song and he prayed to God, God, show me the right way. Uh, because th there's many things we can do in life. There's many roads we can take. But there's one that's the right road and the right uh, direction where we should go. And uh, notice that, that uh, David says, uh, you are the one who saves me. So, so and, and when he talks about salvation, it's not that word salvation. We know like we, we have this Christianese word being saved. And we say we're saved if we're Christian. No, we're, we're saved if we were like uh, taken out of the wrong way and put on the right path by the Spirit of God. And I know that salvation is more than this, but it has everything to do with this. It's not a religious experience. 
It's not a matter of cho choosing a religion over another religion or a church or... No, it's, it's the right path. Churches are here to help us to walk the right path. And uh, churches are uh, composed of people. No church can save you because no church died for you. Jesus can save you. And then he can lead you to a, a specific place where we'll be uh, nourished spiritually and where you'll find direction. And that's very, very important. Um, you know, we, we, I was talking about this uh, conference uh, that I was uh, telling you about. We recommend this conference. And sometimes we encourage people to go to conferences to listen to a different person, sometimes telling the same thing that the church is preaching for 20 years, but it doesn't sink because sometimes we need a different person to, to give us the message and say, oh, I've never heard about this. said, <laughs> Really? <laughs> you never heard about this? So, but sometimes it's like this. We need to be at the right, in the right place at the right time. And um, let me tell you also that God has like a blueprint, uh, a plan for our lives. The Bible actually says he has this blueprint. It's very, very interesting, this uh, scripture that, that says that he has the, the blueprint inscribed in the palm of his hands. Uh, you know, there, there's a deep mystery uh, in this scripture. We know that Jesus was crucified. Some people say that the, the nails went through the wrists, some, some through the hands. I personally believe it was in the hands and the wrists were probably tied, uh, but it, we'll never, we'll know in heaven. But um, uh, I, I know his hands were pierced because the gospels say his hands were pierced. And, and, and so there's a meaning uh, of, of that shedding of blood of Jesus uh, regarding you and me and our path and our way and the blueprint for our life. When God says in Isaiah 49, 16, prophetically, I have you inscribed in the, in the palms of my hands. It's not that God has big hands and uh, it, it's, it's an illustration because we were created in the image of God. And, we, and, and uh, uh, what this means, it's that God uh, established a plan for you and me. And, and so uh, our difficulty sometimes is to align our life with that plan, with that purpose. And, and so uh, at certain points in life, we, we feel a bit lost. And, and it's so important to have these friends, Christian friends, that listen to God and that can help us to tap into, uh, you know, that plan of God. Uh, I, I remember when, when people tried to convince me to go to church, I was really far away from God. Um, when I, when I uh, had an encounter with God, I, I came from a past of, of drugs and I, I was dealing drugs and uh, I had a life of crime. And I was really, really far away from listening to God. And, and uh, I, I, there was this friend of mine, um, a younger guy, he would come to me and say, God has a plan for your life. He says, yeah, get lost, you know. God has a plan for my life. God couldn't care less about me. And I, I, I don't care about God. Why should he have a, a plan for my life? And he will come over and over. Remember, God has a plan for your life. God. And, and one day, uh, I listened to another person that told me the same thing, and it sank. <laughs> See? And it says, yeah, maybe God has a plan for my life. So uh, I asked God. I said, God, show me that plan and help me to align my life with that plan. And, and so I, I went from a situation of being literally lost because I had no goals, no future, nothing. And then I realized that that plan passed by helping others to uh, find direction in life. So uh, Jesus gives a very interesting illustration. I don't have this Bible verse, but you can find it in the Gospels. Uh, it's in the Sermon of the Mountain. He says, if a blind man guides another blind man, they will both fall in the, into the ditch. So make sure that you're not guided by a blind man. By other words, try to find people that have a certain degree of direction 
a certain degree of vision. And if you're going to, to follow someone, follow someone that has a, a vision. And, and this is kind of hard. And I, I've, I've been talking about this a little bit. It's, uh, it's sometimes hard because life can be, uh, can be a lonely road. Life can be a, a very lonely place. And, and so, so if, we, if we're uh, alone, uh, it's harder sometimes to make decisions. Uh, let, let's say you're married. We have this beautiful young couple here. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sure you make decisions together. Uh, I know you live alone, so, but you have a dog. But, um, and it's a very cute dog. But you're not going to trust your dog to make decisions for you. So if we found someone that it's at our level, then we were able you know, to brainstorm and to get opinions and to make those decisions. Uh, honestly, some people are not as smart as some animals are. Um, I don't want to offend anyone, but that's the reality. And so sometimes we can be following people that are irrational in the way they do things. And then we can end up in places in life that we never expected. But we can trust in God. And um, in Isaiah, Isaiah is full of illustrations about guidance. In uh, chapter 48, verse 17, God speaks to Israel and says, Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you in the way you should go. So, so here's God talking to his people in general. And th this is a pattern in this book uh, uh, of Isaiah and, and all the, these books called the major prophets. They, uh, because a prophet is someone who listens from God and communicates what he listened to the people. So we need prophetic voices in our life. We need prophets in our, in our life. And uh, the good news is that when the Holy Spirit is present, to a degree, we can all prophesy and we are all uh, being led by the Spirit of God. Bible says that all that are God's children are led by the Spirit of God. So if I'm led by the Spirit of God, supposedly I'm in the right path. Now, we can determine the right path by communicating with God. Because sometimes we, we're traveling in a direction that, that is God's direction for our life. And we do not necessarily succeed the way we think. Let me give you an example. Jesus was led to the desert to have an encounter with the devil or to be tempted. So he was led by the Spirit to Satan. And it wasn't a nice time that he had. It was a difficult time. Then he overcame those obstacles, and Satan departed, and the angels of God came and served him. So, do we want the angels of God to serve us? I don't say we need to be tempted in order to have the angels of God serving us, but we need to obey the Holy Spirit and be where God sends us to be. You know, Jesus obeyed to the Spirit of God, and he died on the cross. So he obeyed to a point of death. So, so um, uh, again, the cross is not a pleasant thing. It's a punishment. And so he, he's led by God to the place of punishment. So uh, if God led you to do something and things don't go necessarily the way you expect it, it doesn't mean that God is not guiding you. So... so I, I hope this uh, makes sense. It's not to make sense, but <laughs> sometimes we need things to make, to make a little bit of sense. And God will always show us the right uh, direction for us. Amen. So that, that's one of the things. It, it says, 
I am the Lord God who teaches you to profit, who leads you in the way you should go. So, so uh, we need to learn how to profit. Uh, and this is kind of complicated for every one of us. Because we don't see profit in things that we lose. But with, uh, with God, sometimes we have to lose in order to gain. So, so whatever circumstance you're going through right now, uh, do not analyze it from a perspective of if you have money in your pocket, you're doing well. Or if you're uh, being very successful in your job, you're in the right place. That's not, not how we should determine things. Be because uh, as we listen to the Spirit of God, He will lead us sometimes through things we never expected. At the end, we'll see there's profit. What is profit? Profit, it's when you accumulate gain. Uh, that's profit. Uh, you know, we have several accountants here. I don't want to mess you with a, a, a biblical definition of profit. But there's profit and loss. And, and so if you analyze a business, you, you, you should ask for the balance uh, sheet of the company. And, and, and on the balance, you want to see profit and loss. And if you have more loss than profit, uh, you better stop doing that business or doing something different. Now, with God, he will teach us how to obtain profit, how to uh, go in that uh, direction. And, and, but sometimes we can be sidetracked by so many things. And then we get to those points where we're frustrated and we ask ourselves, am I doing the right thing? Am I studying the right course? Am I dating the right person? And we all have questions uh, like this. Am I living in the right house? Uh, am I going to the right church? And, and so th those questions are things we, we need to, to ask God. And uh, listen, you're not alone. And so today, I'm going to teach you a very simple principle uh, and uh, just I gather just three small steps, uh, basic steps on how uh, to receive direction from God. And uh, the first one is to acknowledge that God is the source for all things. He's the source for all things. You, you may think, well, I have a good job. I work, let's say you work for the government. You have a guaranteed paycheck. You have great uh, plans for your retirement uh, and you say, oh, it's so good to work for the government. And you're grateful for the government. But in fact, as a Christian, you should see any work, either it's the government the, the boss or your own uh, business, you need to see it as coming from God. And, and, and this is a shift of the way we think. Because we can think, oh, no, 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 it's, uh, it's Justin Trudeau who's responsible for my job because I work for the government. But uh, you, can say, you can say, thank God for whatever leader, pray for your leaders, but acknowledge this comes from God. This comes from God. God is my source. Without him, I have nothing. And confess this to him. That's, that's a first step. Uh, and, and he's the source uh, also of, uh, of wisdom for, for all things. Uh, then, step number two, uh, if you feel that you're lost, take some action. Do something. Do something about it. Uh, we, we cannot uh, leave out of stagnant water. We need running water. Running water is healthy. And running water, it's not different in chemical composition from stagnant water. But there's a difference of life on both. Running water carries a, a different level of, of life. Stagnant water carries a lot of life, but then everything dies because of different processes. But we need to take action. So, 
So if you feel that you're stuck, you need to take action. How do you take action? You need God's direction uh, in your life. Uh, so your decisions will be clear. And then you continue to pray as you make a decision to make sure that you're really on the right path. Okay? So th this seems to be very simple, uh, but it's also very practical. In, in Psalms 32.8, it says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. And um, uh, again, it's not that God is like a human being that has hands and eyes, but you see how God speaks about himself with the same uh, members we have. W what does it mean to, I, I will counsel you with my eye upon you? Okay, let, let's say you decided to uh, play for the Montreal Canadiens. And now you're skating and you're doing everything you should do in order to play for the Montreal Canadiens. You think you need a coach? Or can you do it just on your own? Without a coach, you're not getting there. And now imagine you have a blind coach. <laughs> you're not going anywhere either. So you need someone that knows about the game and that has an eye for what you're doing. And maybe he will tell you something simple, like, you know, your knees are not flexed enough. You need to change your attitude, your physical attitude with your knees. And just a small correction can mean the whole difference in that sport. Now, in life, uh, we have different activities and we do different things. And we need the expert eye of God leading us and telling us, yes, you're going on the right way. Because even if we go in the right direction, sometimes we can go off course. So um, let me just mention this. This is a, a NASA uh, rocket, I believe. Yes. If it's not NASA, it's uh, that new company from uh, Tesla, whatever. I'm not sure what, which one is this. But there's a maneuver that all these rockets do. It's called a TCM. And TCM stands for traje Trajectory Correction Maneuver. So, so, uh, so in all these rockets, they have a Trajectory Correction Maneuver. And what is this maneuver? There's like small, uh, like uh, devices on the sides of, of a rocket that will uh, make the rocket correct its trajectory. Because uh, when the rocket tries to conquer space and to uh, get out of the atmosphere, will face opposition. And so when it faces that opposition, many things can go wrong, but one of the things that will happen for sure is that if they point the rocket in one direction, it will deflect uh, in different directions. So, so they, they have ways of correcting the trajectory of that rocket. They use this for um, missiles uh, in uh, warfare also, it's the same technology. If they want to send a missile, let's say, from North Korea into Washington, D.C., Never in Canada. <laughs> so they'll have to do different corrections uh, along the way because of different factors. Well, I know that's a rocket, and we're not rockets. But let me tell you, we also need uh, trajectory correction maneuvers uh, in our life. Because, because we, we have this specific target, but we can go off target. And, and so sometimes we need to rethink. It says, okay, all right, this is what I was meant to do, and not, now I'm doing this. Uh, and and some, sometimes we need the guidance of God. That's when we need the eye of God, the hand of God, 
to show us the right, uh, the right uh, way. So let's, let's go back to Scripture and let's leave the rocket there. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your path or your paths. Plural. So again, here, here we see uh, the wisdom of Solomon saying you need to trust God and do not trust or do not lean uh, on your own understanding or on your own wisdom. Because our own understanding, we have, sometimes our logic doesn't work very well. Uh, you know, I, I was raised uh, to believe in uh, logical thought. And it's very interesting because since I was a kid to today, um, universities changed so much uh, that people now believe in things that have no logic. Uh, and, and it's ridiculous. It got to a point sometimes it's ridiculous. Um, and we cannot even talk about it because then we'll be labeled as bigots and this and that. And uh, so it's like we, we all know by logic that there are two genders, male and female. But now we have to go against logic and say, no, there's, you know, binary and there's this and there's that. You know, if the world wants to go that direction, you know, that, that's fine. But logically, it doesn't make sense. Why do people believe it? Because they lean on their own understanding. Their own understanding. So if they're in their own understanding, they say, no, there's 36 genders. Uh, like on Facebook, there's, I don't know how many on Facebook. I think it's more than 40 genders on Facebook that you can choose from. So the, if you believe it, that's your own understanding. Does it mean that it's the reality? That's another conversation. So, uh, and this is just a poor example to let, let you know this. I mean, and I'm not trying to discuss gender ideology. You know, I don't want to go there. But I went, but uh, okay. <laughs> Anyways. Um, anyways, it's, uh, now I'm going to be called all sorts of names because, you know, you're an idiot, you're this, you're that, you don't, you don't understand things. No, it's, it's, I have my own understanding and some people now have a new understanding. Why is my understanding superior? Because I base it in logic <laughs> and in reality, in actual reality. You know, because it's not just the Bible says male and female, he created them. I always wonder, why is this written male and female? Everybody knows. No, not everybody knows. <laughs> so now we need, we have a blueprint in the Bible. But that's just a, an example. But in other things in life, we can start believing in different things. And, uh, you know, more and more people will believe there's all these genders and all these uh, you know it's, it's like this theme of abortion we were mentioning and now people say it doesn't matter if you kill a, a child after it's born because it's not a person and uh, how do you get to that logical uh, thought it's because you followed a reasoning and that reasoning brought you to that point. It's not that you're, uh, you know, that it's not a matter of intelligence. It's when we follow a pattern of reasoning, we believe these things. So it's, it's like, you know, I was mentioning when you have a job, believe that everything comes from God. Uh, and you may say, oh, that doesn't make sense. Well, it's not a matter of sense. It's a matter of faith. You know, just follow this pattern. And if you believe that ultimately any source comes from God, uh, not only you will be grateful to God for what you have, but you place yourself in a position where God can lead you to the next level. And, and so, so the, this is the thing. Acknowledge God, acknowledge God, and he will make your way, your path straight. So it means that if we need the path to be made 
made straight, it's because sometimes the path is crooked or twisted. So, how do we do this? Again, Isaiah, we go back to Isaiah, Isaiah 30, verse 21, it says, And your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it, when you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. Very interesting Bible verse. Very, very interesting. So, it seems that we need to be corrected in our trajectory. <laughs> and, and so it says there's a voice. The voice is not ahead of you. It's behind you. So when you have a voice behind, it's because you're walking and the voice is following you. Now, is God following you? In a sense, he is. And I'm going to explain this a little bit uh, further. Because when we walk with God and we try to be close to him, we can hear the voice of God. If in our trajectory we're so far away from God that we cannot listen to his voice, then the tendency is to get really lost because there's no correction of the trajectory. So here's God saying, a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right. No, you're almost there. Okay, okay, go, go to the left, go, go, go to the right. You see, I, don't, I cannot foresee the future. But God can. And so in, in, my, in my walk in life, God already knows if I'm going the right direction or not. And the thing is, even though God has a plan, circumstances change. Circumstances change in the world around us. So uh, let's say that God had a plan uh, to make you the Prime Minister of Canada. But along the way... You went so far away from God's plan, that's not going to happen. Is God's plan going to be frustrated? No. He will choose another prime minister. You just lost your opportunity. Is everything over for you? No. The voice of God is still guiding you. And he will still tell you, go to the left, go to the right. What does, does this mean? It means that we need constant guidance from God. Now, I was talking about trajectory, and um, when you study trajectory, this is just a, a, an example. I know how many of you uh, tried to shoot a gun, and um, it's, uh, it, it's, I, I like it. I like to, sh to shoot guns. I don't like to kill uh, uh, anything, but, um, you know, it's, I, I'm a guy, so guys are like this. Sorry, girls. <laughs> Some girls like to shoot, too. But um, I was a very good shooter, and I, I learned uh, through experience. And so I used to shoot in the, in the woods, in the forest, and I had targets, and it was part of my uh, growing, <laughs> growing. You know, I, I had the big uh, rifle, and I could shoot that rifle. And, and, and so I'll put my targets, and I learn how to fine-tune the target with distance, uh, because when you have your, your, your gun, if you have a rifle, uh, there's a knob where you can uh, lower or uh, put it higher, you know, the, 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 the point of shooting of your gun, so you can uh, get the right trajectory that will overcome gravity or wind. So, so a good shooter not only uh, knows how to point the gun, but knows how to point it to the, a place where it seems that you're going to fail and you're right on target. And, and so he, here it's just, you know, things about trajectory. And trajectory, it's actually a Latin word. Um, uh, and, and, and it means just a path or a progression. So when, uh, when we see... Uh, in the Bible, teach me the right path. Actually, the, the, the Latin translation is trajectory. So it's something that sometimes has to be adjusted or corrected. And, and this is a warfare language. Uh, because if you're shooting an arrow, it's the same principle. Actually, with the arrow, so, sometimes the, it, it's just you, you see the, the vertical alignment of the arrow and you see the archers, they pointed uh, when they, they were in battle, 
they not often pointed to the adversary, but they pointed the arrow to heaven because the trajectory will take the arrow in that direction. And, and, so, and then they will have to fine tune uh, th their next arrow, uh, correct the trajectory. If, if it uh, uh, reached a certain point, they had to correct that trajectory. And, and so the language of Isaiah and the language of the Bible uh, has a lot to do uh, with trajectory. So when I told you about the NASA maneuver, <coughs> and it, it, it still amazes me, how can you, you shoot a, 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 you know, a rocket to the moon? <coughs> the calculations are unbelievable. Because not only you have to overcome gravity, you have to enter into the exact point. It's, it's truly, truly unbelievable. And so in our life, it's very easy to lose track of what we do. Let me go to the conclusion of this message. And I'm going to teach you a Greek word. I'm not that big in, in Greek. I studied Greek. But this is one of the, the words that I had to learn from the Bible, um, from a Bible verse. Thank you so much. Over there it's, uh, on top, it's the Greek alphabet. And it reads parakletos. Uh, which can be translated, or it's translated in the Bible as intercessor or a helper. And this, this is the, the, the word translated as helper in John 14, 16, where Jesus says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. And, and sometimes it's interesting to study the original word so we get, you know, the meaning. But... If we study the original word, we're a bit lost also with this Bible verse because it says, and I will give you another parakletos. So the translator has to figure out what does this mean, another parakletos, because it's another helper. So what Jesus is telling the disciples, the disciples are following him. So they're sleeping where he sleeps, they're walking with him, he tells them, go across the, the lake. So they're following Jesus everywhere. They're Jesus' disciples. But he's telling them, I'm going to be taken away. I'm not going to be here physically forever. So what's going to happen is that I'm praying to the Father, and the Father is going to send you another one just like me. Another, he doesn't say another God, because it's not another God. It's the same God manifested in three different people, but he's saying, I'll send you another one that does the same job as me. By other words, I'll, and he says, I will not leave you orphans. So he's saying, you still have the Father, and you will know that you're with the Father, but you need another helper. And, and so uh, Christians uh, analyzed this verse, and many Bible verses, and they came to the conclusion that this other helper, it's the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus mentions further on uh, how the helper will come, or the comforter, as he's uh, described. But Jesus is saying, I will send another paraclet. So if he's saying, I'll send another paraclet or paracletos, it's because he is the paraclet. He's saying I'm send, the Father will send you another. But this implies that he's the original paraclet. He's the original helper. And the very interesting uh, thing that we, we, we learn, and let me just uh, uh, move to this uh, other slide, uh, is that this word paraclet, uh, it's, it's also the root word in the orange, origin for the, our English word parallel. Parallel. What is a parallel line? We have here examples of three, uh, three examples of parallel lines. Parallel lines are lines that uh, are at an equal distance from each other. And so the parallel line, if we extend the tips of the arrow, they will always be parallel. They will always be at the same 
distance. If there's any deviation, they're not parallel anymore. And, and, and so the, the longer the line is, the further away the line becomes. So, so, the, so this world, the word uh, paracletos, or the origin of the world, the word, uh, it's the origin of the same word that we know today in geometry as parallel. So, so in, and parallel means that they're at an equal distance always. Always. And so um, this is a good way also to understand what the paracletos is, the helper. We should be at the same distance always from God. Because the further away we are, the further from God's plan we land. And, and so direction is something very, very important. And so the Holy Spirit will make sure that we're parallel to him. In this sense, he will tell you from behind. So he lets you go and, and now you're out of orbit. Now you're out of track. But the Holy Spirit will tell you, you know, move there. Move there. Sometimes it's, uh, it's interesting, you, you know, uh, that um, through life, I've, I've, uh, I've attended many churches. I pastor churches, like now I'm, we're starting the Passion Center, but uh, I've attended different churches. And I've learned not to attend the church of my liking, but the church where God leads me. <laughs> and, uh, and I ended up in very weird churches sometimes, <laughs> really weird. I ended up in very, uh, you know, I'm going to say different types of churches, some very young, some older people, some, but I ended up where God led me. And so I've learned this, where God leads me, I'll stay in, in spiritual terms. Now, if it's for a new job, a new business, uh, a decision, something, you, you know, I consult God. And how do I know I listen from God? I need to be close to him. So here's the, the big secret that you already know. In order to listen to God, you need to walk with him. Uh, that, that's verse Romans 8.14. For all who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. So you can also uh, reverse engineer this principle and say the children of God are led by the Spirit of God. So you can also get to the same conclusion. One of the first um, books or the first uh, stories of the Bible that is really impressive, it's about a man named Enoch. And um, there's, there's two different Enochs, but this one in Genesis chapter 5, verse 24, the, there's this very mysterious Bible verse. Uh, it says that he was 365 years old. How many of you know that's old? <laughs> and we still, you know, there's still people that say, oh, that's not for real. They count it differently. I don't know. He was old. He was old. And he says he was 365 years old. And he walked with God. And suddenly he was not. In the sense that he disappeared. He was, and then he was not. Why? Because God took him. God took him. So it's, it's a very interesting Bible verse. What does it mean God took him? And, and, and so uh, people that study scripture, they concluded that he never died. That God literally took him to heaven. God liked this guy so much that he said, okay... Come up here. So he walked parallel to God. He walked with God. In the sense that he was aware of God. He did the will of God. I'm sure he prayed to God. I'm sure he did what pleased God. And God was so fond of this fellow that he said, Oh, you're mine. Just, I, I'm taking you. Isn't that fantastic? <laughs> It's, it's, it's a fantastic story. You know, there's, we have our books of the Bible. There are some books that we don't include in our Bible um, because they're not 
uh, we don't know if they're the original texts or not. Because, uh, you know, the Bible was copied by hand by, uh, you know, let me call it monks. They were not monks, they were called scribes. Those are people that had the, the, the task of copying an original and make a, a perfect copy of a book. But with time, those books became different from the original. So at a certain point, they had to decide what goes in the Bible, what doesn't. But one book that it's mentioned in the Bible, it's mentioned, but it's not there. It was in the first church. It's the book uh, of Enoch. Even recently, they found different scrolls of the book of Enoch. And they're very interesting. I read them. They're available on the internet. So I, I, I read, and there, there are stories of angels, different things. So, but supposedly, Enoch, not only, according to Jewish tradition, he was taken by God, but he led angels. He became like an angel, actually. He, he, that, that's, that's where the myth of people going to heaven, becoming like angels, come, comes. It's from uh, the book of Enoch. And I'm not going to preach on that book, but I just I just wanted to mention to you that um, that it's in the in like in the root of our faith, and people consider it very important. Why? Because this is the fellow that was a an individual just like us, and suddenly he's taken. <laughs> he's taken, and there's two people that were taken like this: was Enoch and Elijah. It was also taken, uh, that one there's a, a description how he was taken and then there's the third like person, it's Jesus he was also taken uh, though he's in a different category but here's the first one that he's taken it's Enoch, why? Because he walked with God now how many of you want to be in the category of Enoch walking with God I believe every Christian wants to walk with God but our flesh, the world, different things sometimes lead us to go in different directions. By other words, we're uh, in the wrong trajectory. And the, when it says he walked with God, um, it, it's not that God is following him. He's following God. See, if you wanted to walk with Jesus, you had to follow Jesus. And Jesus gave those instructions, come follow me. So those that decided to follow him walked with the paraclet, the paracletos. Uh, so they walked with him. But at the end, Jesus said, I'm not going to be here. I'm sending you another one. And this one is the Holy Spirit. So the sum of what I want to tell you is this. As a Christian... Make sure that the Spirit of God is present in your life. Make sure that the Holy Spirit doesn't depart from you. There's a, a difficult moment in Jesus' life when he's at the cross. Where he says, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? And he shouts that loud. So everybody knows what happens. And some people are thinking, yeah, poor guy, he's dying on the cross. So God abandoned him to die. That wasn't the meaning of what he was saying. Because in that moment, what he was doing, he was taking upon himself your sin, my sin, the sins of the world. And the holy God cannot be in the presence of sin. So when he calls upon himself the sins of the world, he become, becomes lonely, the Holy Spirit the parts for a moment, but the eye of God is still upon him. Listen, even if you commit a sin and the Holy Spirit departed from you because of your sin, the eye of God is still upon you. You know, I had the privilege through life of helping people with different situations in life. And I have helped a lot of drug addicts to come out of drugs uh, and to reestablish their life. Uh, I help people of different backgrounds, LGBT, transgender, uh, all, all kinds of people. 
and uh, and uh, you know I've never condemned really uh, any lifestyle because none of us is perfect, and God doesn't condemn us either, because the 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 eyes of God are still upon you, even when you're walking in sin, and you you may think that doesn't make sense. How can the eyes of God be upon me if I'm walking with in sin? Because God loves you. God loves you, and personally. He will correct your trajectory the way he wants. We don't need to follow a pattern and say, oh, you're a Christian. <coughs> you cannot be this. You cannot be that. You know, I was joking when Hereford entered with the guitar. And I told him the same thing my first pastor will tell me if he had seen me entering like Hereford entered. I told him, where's your tie? <laughs> yeah? <laughs> where's your tie? I didn't say hello even. I said, where's your tie? And he was very scared. He said, oh, anything changing the rules? <laughs> you know, my first church I had to wear, I could never step in the platform without a tie. That was the capital sin for the preacher. <laughs> you have to wear a tie. And, uh, and so those are rules. Does God care about the, those rules? I don't think he cares. If we have a long beard, if I come here with a long beard, a crucifix, and incense, maybe some people will like it. They find very attractive if I do this with the incense. But you're here because God led you here to listen to this message in a simple way. It's not complicated. Because God wants to change your trajectory and God wants to tell you, I don't condemn you. See, God knows your sin and my sin. None of us is perfect. But his will is to correct our trajectory so eventually we'll get to heaven and be with him.